0: hey guys welcome back and right now we have reached a point where we have to start the podcast obviously we have been discussion, discussing for a long time and i'm going to let my co-host take the lead here by sharing an interesting topic that he wishes to discuss about you want to take the
1: lead, man? Yeah. So hi, everyone. So I was just wondering how the situation is going on. We are in, like, you know, we are it, right now recording during the Corona crisis. And just let's me ask myself a question and ask you guys and ask you this question. Is flying that important? Or should we fly? Should we fly? What do you think? Okay, so for the
0: uninitiated, I just want to share that by flying, we are talking about air travel via flights and planes, be it commercial, be it private. And from a capitalist perspective, I would share that, of course, flying as a technology has allowed us to move a large amount of goods in a large amount of quantities to be distributed with the world whereas the other means of travel and that's mostly via sea or via train that obviously is not the fastest mode of travel or now that I would like to share here
1: yeah you're right if you if any of you or if we think about the speed of it air travel certainly has plus points but really do you guys think is it is it enough to just sacrifice the nature and sacrifice god knows how many thousands and thousands of uh, you know grams of co2 for carbon dioxide for you know just having the speed i just raised this question to myself when i used to travel through with, with, the, with the car because when you travel with a car and you just yearn for the speed because it, it just you know when you can explain it better what it does with the na- with the brain the speed is very you know when you, I think you can explain it better how does it how does speed excite us? So, um, speed is something that um,
0: creates a rush of adrenaline in human beings, and that's partly because um, from our limbic brains perspective, um, we are naturally um, trained to be in fight or flight mode. Like, that's how our entire paradigm of survival is built upon, to fight or to flight. And from the point of view of history, we were not the strongest creature when we were in the jungle. So, we often had, had to, you know, take off, just run away from the predator mm-hmm. in order to make sure that we are able to survive the next onslaught with the predator. So, whenever we are in a situation where we witness speed, whether be it by a car, whether be it by a bike or if there are sprinters out there, they get this rush of adrenaline mm-hmm. that makes them feel almost next to invulnerable like mm-hmm. speed does that to you because you know that right now you are in a stage where you're not
1: going to stop mm-hmm. and somehow that rush of adrenaline is the reason for that okay so you have established that speed is is very important for our for our lives and for our brain and whatever but what i want to discuss is is it really worth it like okay it gives us probably 5 6 you know strokes of adrenaline in our brains but is it really worth it can we not get it through other things like I was reading this article about how flight how travelling once affects the environment and there was this very learned man who said if you travel by plane from New York to Los Angeles he was giving an example of US and he said that, that produces the same amount of pollution that a train would produce, but only when you travel the train 10,000 times. You know, that just means that, okay, if you travel New York to Los Angeles, 10,000 times, it would produce the same amount of pollution when you take a flight. And that really raises a question. No, I, I don't want to leave my children, leave my grandchildren with that much amount of pollution. You know what's going on, COVID, corona, this, these all things are certainly everything is connected I, I don't know and to one you I, I I, would like to know your opinion on that but I just feel that something all things are connected to each other yeah we don't know the connection right now but someday we would know that and we would find out um, okay so I'm
0: not gonna say that I know the absolute start here because this is something that I'm going to be I am completely unaware of, so from an environmental and the amount of CO2 produced whenever a person is travelling via airplane, so I am completely unaware of that, however, one thing I would like to understand is, are we still sitting in on the same technology that will create the same amount of pollution? whenever we travel that means there's a scope of opportunity when it comes to traveling via air that allows us to actually you know make sure that the environment doesn't get like that much polluted if it is being polluted because of this travel and second is and this is something that we have discussed in the past when it comes to the emerging patterns with this because of covid is all forms of air travel has been banned globally right and this gives us an insight into what would be the future of traveling you know i have been like wondering about wondering about this thing about covid is that you know we don't really need a lot of travel to and fro because internet has enabled that and with some of these emerging vr which is virtual reality technology that i don't think that in future we are going to need to travel that often but again, the question that you have posed that should we leave a world that is so polluted for our young ones and the generation that will come after them even. Of course, nobody wants the others to suffer. But if you think about a, about a very long narrative of a situation that's going on, um, we often take a backseat on the things that take a lot of time versus Something that needs to be done immediately. So if tomorrow we were to find out that you know traveling via airplane is going to cause so much damage to the ozone layer that within the next three in within the next three years that the ozone layer is going to be completely depleted from our atmosphere. So humanity would be purposefully focused and have a very finite timeline to work through a different mode of travel that allows them to You know, save the environment because the entire species is working together, and that's how we are even witnessing this thing because of COVID. But if we were to say that you know our grandchildren or even their grandchildren would feel the effects of how we are traveling today, nobody is going to come forward and say you know what I think we need to stop this mode of travel.
1: Okay, I what I have understood just to make the facts clear here airplane. Air travel doesn't affect the ozone layer, so. But I get it. So what what you meant was, if we have a real scare that we can measure or we can understand, instead of just the scare of the future that is always there, it hmm. would be better, and we, we would act better to the situation. I think that if we
0: have a finite timeline, and that is quantifiable, right now, and again, I don't have any stats related to the pollution that's caused by air travel, so yeah. please don't hold me on that. So nee, nee, nee. if we have some quantifiable stats that tells us that this is the amount of damage that's being done mm-hmm. and we can do a study on that then i would be able to give you a much better answer with regards to it
1: i'll give you a situation uh, it's it's very interesting that you said that okay what do you think you know that you are 25 24 years of age around right now you would live around 80 you know you you are it's quantified yes. you behave differently If you knew that you would live till 100 or if you knew that till 60? um, If I knew that I would live till 60,
0: I would obviously prioritize some of the goals that I have, which I would have thought that, you know, I would live till like the goals that I thought that I would achieve by 35 or by 38. Of course, I would prioritize them to be done with them at an earlier age. And then make sure because that's how we have this narrative built in our heads now -hmm. if I know that I'm going to live till 100 ideally I wouldn't recommend that because you know aging is the worst thing that I
1: have you wouldn't recommend that if I'm hearing correctly can you recommend how many years you live can I recommend I didn't get you sorry you said I would I don't
0: recommend living 100 years yeah if if you know for a fact that you're going to live till 100 I don't recommend that you do that because you know that life is almost next to nothing because you just become a crawling shell of a baby that you were born as completely dependent on another another person to you know so you'll kill yourself no not kill yourself you just you know push your body to the point that you know you don't really need to live that long so the people who push their body don't live 100 years obviously like I don't think the great athletes or the Olympians. I don't th- I think I've ever seen any Olympics athlete or anyone that has lived till 100 or something. These are the people that, the live, that live to 100 are the ones that are the most boring ones that don't do a lot of interesting things to be
1: very honest. I I don't know what you consider as interesting and not interesting but I knew a very <laughs> popular German politician okay, and he was very popular for other things and he talked about what was interesting about him was He was the most active smoker That I ever saw Okay And he used to You know uh, Smoke All the time And he lived at okay. 95 Gotcha mm-hmm. And he was so into smoking That he used to smoke During his interviews And like during his interviews He used to smoke 10 cigarettes During the interview Like in one hour interview And he used to smoke like 10 cigarettes in the the course of the interview so that i lived till 95 so if that can happen i do believe that a lot can happen because smoking is like so dangerous so just just to be just to come back to the topic to of flying Hmm. seriously flying is related you know it's kind of related to brain and the the hormones that you know the the hormones that when you discussed but what i think is it should be more than that you everyone should have should should carry responsibility and we all do know that there is a date but we don't know if it's 100 years or 200 years and what we can, nobody can tell you if the Earth or if the ozone layer, for your example, just uh, would survive 100 years. It can. It may be tomorrow. It's just that we have to change our uh, habits and and the way we travel as soon as possible. I was I would just give you a very short example. It's like I met, you know, last last month, a couple of Chinese students. They were there and to meet me or to to just discuss things, and we had lunch together. Mm. The interesting part about them about them was they used to travel like every month to some other country, just to you know students having fun. Then, yeah, just have just roaming around. And okay. they in their last seven eight months, had traveled mm. almost all the continents. Like, like not. The six continents that we have, seven. seven, seven. is like, yeah, yeah, but you don't, you can, you can travel to Antarctica, but not really. So the six continents that we have, and that, that that kind of just was hurtful, and I could understand. I couldn't understand what youngsters and teenagers are doing. Okay, I do understand. Okay, they are, they also want to explore the world, travel all around, and see the world. But it right. is, is it really worth it? That is a question that we are asking you guys. And I, I don't know. I don't, pers- from a personal opinion, I don't think it's worth it. As Bhuvani rightly said, there are other means of, you know, Google, watching videos or watching VR, virtual reality, to to just experience that. And although I, I'm not sure of that, if, it, if that would kind of completely replace the reality, but we have to do that. Otherwise we won't be able to, you know, we won't be able to neither live the reality nor the virtual reality because right, right. there they won't be anyone. There they won't be an earth. See, so there's basically like, a, it has
0: become an ideological question and this is something that I've been witnessing a lot. So I don't know if you are aware about this. There has been a, a recent meme that was going on around in
1: OK Boomer. Have you heard about this meme? I, I haven't heard about OK Boomer. I'm not that active on social things. social. OK yes. Okay Boomer was basically about millennials saying OK
0: because the baby boomers and the baby boomers are those who were born around the time of 1930s to 1950s if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. So, But Basically these baby boomers are saying is that, you know, you are a very irresponsible person, you don't care about the environment, you are not very active in these things that what we were doing initially. And the millennial who is already frustrated because of the environmental problem, because of a very significant change in the job market, that they are not able to earn a lot of money because of the credit card debt and whatnot that they are like working from. They are suffering from mental health issues. And now they have to listen to an old person telling them how to live because they did not live that way. So it does not ideally make sense. See, today you are here because somehow your father travelled from one place to another to survive. And if you go and tell a young person to say, you know, you're not going to travel from this place to this place just because you want to it would bring a completely change in, a shift in their mindset as, as to why, why can't I travel? And again, even if you shift the perspective, see, there are so many places that you cannot go without air travel. Right? Yeah. There's no train travel available and again, I'm very much doubtful if the sea travel via sea, if it it is easy to travel via sea and not cause that much pollution because again, I think travelling through sea, because they are all powered by coal, all the, most of the machines that we have, that are being used for sea travel, they are still powered by
1: coal, and all no, Sorry, sorry Bhuvan, let me just correct you on that, you are really backward on this knowledge of yours, it's, they are powered by diesel and not coal. It has okay. been in almost 100 years that we have shifted to diesel
0: okay again i'm very wrong i did not have this knowledge thank you for that and see so even if we are burning diesel isn't that calling causing pollution and from a country that is not even connected on sea level and does not have any um, viable train ro- routes to go through don't these people deserve to get food because air travel is the reason why the cost of transportation of perishable goods is so low. If the cost of transportation of these goods becomes so high because we don't have air travel as a technology, some people around the world would starve and
1: we wouldn't have human life existing there. I'm glad you picked up that point because I want to discuss that and it, it is very, you know, crucial to the air travel and everything that is going on with that Yeah. about goods or about perishables that are being you know, airlifted from one area of the world to another. Exactly. Is it isn't supposed to be that. Whenever okay. we talk about food, whenever we talk about food habits, we like. I know we were talking about food habits, and okay, you have to live the struggler life. You know, the humans were hunters, and humans humans were. You know, they used to hunt and used to eat meat and whatever whatnot, and you, used li- you should live like that, eat like that. Right. The Intermittent fasting and everything. I don't want to go into that. The point is, okay. we have to be true to our DNA, to our genes, know how we are built. So what I'm what I'm trying to say with that is, people are, you know, the bodies of people who are staying in an area. I'm talking okay. about the natives. They are yeah. made for certain types of, they're made for certain types of food. Okay, okay. so everyone is not supposed to eat everything. You you sitting in blah 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 is not uh, should not eat everything that is produced in blah 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 too. Okay, so to you have to eat what is seasonal, what is around you, and not what is thousand hundred kilometers away from you. Okay, so that is an answer for that. So what we are doing and what the technology has done for us is not that is good for us it's just that we have more options and we can choose if we have money but it is not right for our health um, so for, let know. me ask you one question Um,
0: in Canada yeah, it's very cold all throughout the year mm-hmm. and most of the vegetation that <clears throat> from the other continents people like are able to use they are not able to like grow at all they have to rely mostly on meat in Canada Mm-hmm. shouldn't they have access to the food that they are getting and even the meat that they are getting it's mostly, most likely going to be transported by USA
1: yeah
0: so these people they just won't survive the evolutionary fitness of these people is likely to go down
1: yeah, see so that's... I get
0: the point about us struggling and reaching that point but Ooh. even after 3 to 4 generations there is a change in DNA that comes across and I am not talking about a mutagenic like change that you become some, there is some sort of a mutation that occurs, no. See, a fat person is going to most likely give high blood pressure, diabetes or some other risk of you know getting fat or in some or other way unhealthy to his or her child. That's inevitable. So the point that I'm here trying to make is that just because we have to save on fuel and and that's a way of life that we have to have reached at this point in time because we are living in this abundance of everything that we can't go back and say that, you know what, we are just going to stop air travel
1: completely. What do you say? What I think is you. Again, a very good point from you. The people who are living in Canada, I hope they're not getting everything from US. Yeah. But what, what I mean is, there are some areas that are not habitable and yes. they are supposed to be left unhabitable or inhabitable. I'm, I'm inhabitable. Not sure. Okay. Inhabitable. Yeah so, yeah. so these areas, if people or if humans live in those areas, they are doing it against the nature. They are kind of revolting. Okay. Nature doesn't want them there. Um, but again, see, that
0: is not a choice. like it is. nature is not exactly conscious. See, the way sexual fitness and evolutionary fitness works is um, there is a tribe that's living in Africa. Three members of that tribe decide to go that we are somehow going to build a boat and go to United States of America. okay Over time, they will repopulate these three people and the way the environmental factor will allow them to actually repopulate is that they will meld in with that environment only. And now this tribe that actually decided to go on the adventure to America now has become capable of being able to survive in both Africa as well as in the United States of America. So the concept of nature saying that you are not supposed to inhabit this area it's completely ideological and not true very honestly
1: i don't I, I seriously don't know what's true and what's false but i think that okay when Af- people from africa travel to us to settle hmm. they might have done something good might have done something bad but as as in now that we know that they didn't do anything bad what i mean is there are limits to everything so what i mean is you can maybe move into an area that is not habitable and try to live there but if you see that it's costing us costing the nature more because you know we talk about the money part of it we always talk about the money how much dollars or how much you know yen or whatever rupees would it cost us but nobody talks about how much nature would it cost us so that's a question that we have to ask ourselves before we fly you know if if we move into that area of Canada where it's snowing the whole year, or if it's very cold the whole year, is it worth living there? What would what, what cost the nature? What cost of nature would we have to pay? Is so it um, goes back to
0: the question of one: we are brought up in a capitalist world, and mm-hmm. um, this is a debate that might go on for another day. And second would be that okay, um, let me ask you one question: that you know. You are living in an XYZ continent Mm -hmm. And that continent is so overpopulated That you are not able to find any opportunities Like you have to starve to survive You are not getting any food Suddenly you come across this island that's known as Canada Mm -hmm. And you see there's a potential opportunity that you know somehow you will be able to survive. Your ancestors may have survived in the land that you were living in before but the generation that has to provide you with the next set of resources to for you to actually survive and thrive in. Mm -hmm. That is present in Canada and that is the pure question that becomes that needs to be asked. You know, that's my idea of this thing so earlier we were not able to travel to so many regions because maybe via sea it was not possible via train travel it was not possible but air travel enabled us to do it so efficiently that started to you know go ahead and overbear the cost of nature i hope I- you're getting the point
1: yeah and yeah and no you know yes or no at the same time okay because you I, I think you're right when you say about the survival aspect of humans if you if you know there are people a lot, a lot of people in us and if they supposedly if you imagine that canada was in, in you know there was no one there hmm. and suddenly people from us they some people couldn't find jobs or couldn't find find food so they would think of going to somewhere else to survive and they went on to canada and there was no food there so the question comes shouldn't they come back and
0: this brings us to this point um again from an evolutionary perspective that you know if humans and hunters and gatherers have found a viable place where they were able to survive they have a good resource of food and a good warm shelter why
1: should they change? Why should they go go back to yeah, a place that, that they were is, struggling earlier? I think you answered your question yourself. If Why? You, the, oh. the condition that is there, if you go to an area, that is yeah. that you have a good supply of food. <laughs> yes. So in Canada, in the Canada that we have created, the imaginary Canada, there is no good supply of food. So mm. he who moves to Canada has to rethink if he should go there because there is no good supply of food. So no, you are thinking
0: this from a perspective of um of somebody who doesn't know where he is going. And you are right, again, you are very right. See, from an explorer's perspective, he is not going to roam through entire Canada. He's just going to look for one spot which will enable him to live his life for the next five years. Yeah, I know. Humans are not capable of thinking on that scale that you know he has to live there for thirty years, forty years. Otherwise, no place on earth is perfect for any human.
1: So what I mean is if he, if he has enough, if he has the condition that you mentioned, enough food, enough shelter, enough what, what I I don't know, whatever it is. So if he has everything everything that he needs, he can live anywhere in the world. But I don't want that he you know lives in um, XYZ place and then lets everything get transferred from ABC. That is what I'm against. It is it is necessary whenever, wherever you live, there is certain thing, there are certain things that are there and you just satisfy yourself with those things. Why is it necessary? Because the, the human, oh, yeah, they can be expats and they can be people who have come from different countries and living in different countries. So they are more accustomed to the food habits and the foods of their country. But what I mean is, there is no need of of airlifting or or you know shipping these foods from certain countries to other countries why because it is not worth the cost of nature and at this point having discussed all of it i again raise the question and i would like like bhuvan you to answer it and we end this podcast on that term on that note what i what i think is flying is very good it certainly fills up with us with the hormones that are there it is good it saves time it's good for the business good for the economy good for eating habits maybe we might end up eating very healthy or maybe very unhealthy but is it worth it is it worth the raising temperatures is it worth the the changing natures is it worth the shrinking amazon rainforests is it worth the increasing temperatures or the increasing sea level that is a question that you want to raise Bhuvanio. okay yeah that
0: actually makes sense see right now we are at the situation where we are living in an abundance Mm-hmm. An absolute beautiful abundance of all sorts of resources that we've got. But now I want you to go ahead and think from an individualistic perspective. <clears throat> There's a businessman that lives in Japan that makes the world's best um, what is the dish um, famous dish from Japan sushi the sushi yeah. Now he wishes to open three different locations in three different continents.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Would he, he want to stop his profit from that happening? Because he's, he has got to multiple travel there. As I've he has said. Set up a strong, set up quality compliance, find good chefs, transport them there, and then transport the raw materials for making that good quality sushi.
1: Mm-hmm. No, as I've already said, there is the question is of the economy, the money, and the nature, yeah. and the life. Either you choose and money. Again, going back to this point, see, we
0: are living in an abundance. Hundred percent, I agree with you that you know this is not worth the cost of survival. So, and this is a question that you know the millennials have you know raised with the baby boomers is the fact that you have enjoyed your life to the fullest, but we are not getting the chance to enjoy our lives, because we now have to sacrifice our lives because of the way that the planet has now been screwed using coal as a steam power or using all these other methods of power and right now our own survival is now endangered because of the lifestyle that you lived upon so there are a few millennials that are saying that you know what the planet is already screwed let's just party till death, till we die and then there is another group that is saying that you know what, no, we should go ahead and
1: blame. But it's not this, about blaming. You, it's not about blaming. Sorry to interrupt you. Okay. This, you know we, it's very good that you raise this point. It's that that if the baby boomers have destroyed the planet, uh, planet or have mm-hmm. damaged it very, you know, irreversibly, yes. then the millennials have to understand and not not to repeat this thing that they did for their children otherwise the children would come or you know whatever they whatever name they get so probably xyz x name that the children's of our children get the name x okay so x comes whenever they come and they say millennials were the problem because uh, we don't know who was the problem it's just that we have the result that is the earth that is being destroyed and that is being damaged every day so You may talk that the that the baby boomers have destroyed that with coal. We are destroying it with flights, and that is the question that I wanted to raise. It you don't know what is you don't know what is more dangerous until you get the result of it. And we are still some years, you know, there are some years between that before we get the results of what we have done. And I really am scared when I hear so many people traveling through flights every day and just you know, air air travel becoming so common that people don't even think about trains which was so, you know so imp- which is so an important part of the means of transportation earlier. So that is the we, question that people um, Is You are thinking from an individual perspective that you know you
0: are scared because the planet is getting damaged let me tell you this, if tomorrow let's say, and this is something that we are witnessing right now because of COVID-19 that all the form, all form of air travel is banned. Do you know how many people are actually right now suffering because they are not having the ability to stock upon certain items that they were earlier stalking upon people will die there is a regression of anything that we do right now we are at a stage of population that you know is dependent on it there are so many people whose survival is purely dependent on these air flights there are stewards there are flight desk attendants and there are so many companies that are built on this technology would you want them all to become homeless? Let me ask
1: you this. Yeah, then again, you're absolutely right that there is a question of money and there is a question of survival. It's not a
0: question of money, it's,
1: not, it's just a question of survival. Let's
0: just drop money. Let's say they, everyone of them has money to sustain them for one year. What then? after one year what happens what do they do
1: yeah you're you're short, right you're absolutely, there are a lot of people who are working in this field you know travel uh, traveling at airports at, uh, in the planes or you know have, have something to do with it so what I mean is there is a, that there is a change whenever there is a change there are always losers and always winners okay yeah. I'll give a very, very uh, good example for that um in the early 1950s the world noticed in 45 that that energy can be produced I, I, actually it was 30s 1930s that the world noticed that there can be energy that can be taken out from atoms So nuclear energy okay yeah. a german scientist uh, under the name of heisenberg heisenberg he laid out his principle it's very popular the heisenberg's uh, uncertainty, principle. uncertainty principle right and he uh, with his fellow scientists kind of inclined towards that, that that could be used to produce electricity at that time it was totally unthinkable and whatever what not. so what i wanted to want to say about that is at that time people started second guessing what would happen to the people who are working in the coal-powered plant plants okay what would happen oh, to people who are producing electricity from the other ways if i don't know it was, it was not very popular because we were born a little late. Another example of that. In the 1990s, like before the millennial, before 2000, there was a rumor at the end of the, you know, before the new year 2000, that because of the mobile phones, the world would get destroyed, you know, because he said that we are changing the, the waves and everything. And then the, the rumor is still going on and it's still being... Yeah. I don't know if it's a rumor because it's still not being 100 uh, personally, uh, you know, uh, proved and not 100 personally disproof, disapproved. So I don't know what, what is the truth. But what I mean is there are always losers and winners for every new technology that is coming up. There are robots that is, robots are coming up and they would, they would also eat up a lot of uh, employees and people working. But that is a yeah. question that we want to ask ourselves. Are... Uh, if, even if there's one person of the population who's working in this branch, one person of the population, what is the lesser evil? That is the question. Seriously, uh, guys, that is, I want to ask all of you. I know there are people who would lose their livelihood, who would lose, maybe who cannot, you know, feed their families because they this field just vanishes in 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 a few seconds. But that is happening right now also. You know and that is forced on you everything that is changed a change is always forced even if it's planned okay even if you plan that okay and after three years you would finish you would not fly any flights but it would be forced there would always be people who would be losing on that Yeah. maybe not so much no maybe maybe not so many but some would be there so that is a question the the negativities you know the, the cons of this the disadvantages of air travel are far more drastic than the advantages you can you know refrain from eating an avocado from i don't know god knows which part of the world but would, would you really refrain from having your child get the get the opportunity of maybe traveling to some place you know what I mean is not not by uh, air travel, of course, by ship travel or by some, you know, by trains or something, by rail travel. Yeah. What is more important to you, a an avocado or something else, with with your child, or having the having actually the possibility of having a child, that is more important. And everything then comes out to the population and everything. Then we have to understand that everything is related. You know, so we have to, as we are adjusting with the flight travel, we have to adjust with the population also. In India, that is a p- problem with the population. So that is, I think, another topic that we would discuss that another time. And when your last comments on that? See, from my understanding, and again, you are quite right, is that, you know,
0: there are certain sacrifices which need to be made, obviously. But these sacrifices are not to be made just because, you know, there is no solution out there. My stance on it is that, you know, we don't have to live in a, like, communist, community-based thinking that, you know, they are travelling, I'm not travelling. So, it would actually, like, put us against ourselves, like, you know, we are going to discuss somehow that, you know, this person is bad because he travels and this puts us in a very negative state of mind rather i would recommend that you know from an individual perspective and this is something that i really admire elon musk for that we have to find and come up with newer solutions to these problems of course there are going to be problems there and some solutions are not going to be much more viable than the other but it has to be up to us that if today you believe that you know we are creating s- such massive damage and this is go- this goes for you too as well ma'am is that okay not only we will not travel through air airplanes and restrict it to the point that we have to travel if there is an emergency or some sort of a need, but we will try and come up with a better solution which will be faster yet not that intrusive on of nature
1: yeah let's just hope on it and just just show us show everyone the you know the thumb to just okay if it and hope that it happens okay guys
0: so i hope each and every one of you had a chance to enjoy this discussion i know we actually went into a more of an intellectual or and even ideological debate here but i hope you enjoy this um do you have any else to
1: say or the info? Oh just just I, I want everyone to just rethink whenever they, they plan a holiday if it's really worth it. That would be the the best part. Uh, you know that would be my gain out of this time that I have that we have both invested and you have invested in hearing this podcast to just understand to rethink before taking a flight. That is the most important question.
0: Yeah. all right. See you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening.